This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network. Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Coo Cullen, Deirdre of the Sorrows, Grawn, New Whale. From giants right down to fairies, of both the trooping and solitary, and close to us, sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Isk, isk, isk. Fish, fish, fish. Kenick, Kenick, Kenick. Keep it, keep it, keep it. Dimmy, dimmy, dimmy. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. La Lainart, La Lainart. Woe to you, woe to you. Irish Folk Translation for the Call of Seagulls The Oyster Catcher's Loss Ability borrowed and never returned, Bereft feet strafe by line. I cackle Bob before inhaling the smoke over the nine. Philip and Trip spread my span, Fish rubbish from the brine. Off the middle merchant mayhem, Duke Grafton's paste-brick cobble, Stained with quotes and burgundy of the adman's urban hobble, Blurred and bloated, look and hear the fear you saw before, Beady yellow, bright blue contact, rapping, echoes, gore. I flap as pages, balladeer, poet, at the dawning of the day, from the docks I too ring bright the fornia gyal on lay. I share the moral threshold of the Lestragonian tab. I tear the gorgonzola entrails, the bloody flowing scab. Waddle across attempt to penetrate tunes of taverns live, where the clerk came to sniff at mother's taxless oyster dive. Limping like the blind whose style you hide behind, you are seer of city, wind back neck and cry, engorging with each year. I'm here to echo gluttonies, carnal, liquid, trough, as piggishly you comp, I peck at plastic sleeping rough. Jab city written on my jagged beak, dripping with excess. Veracity raptors webbed will shrink when your blame too is less. Only then will the loss return to the oyster catcher's nest. 
Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore and mythology, we retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, the culture and the history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside Bard. Welcome to episode 154. Four of Fireside. Today on the Irish Storytelling Podcast, we are taking a look at the folklore behind the seagull and the oyster catcher, all wrapped up in my poem from my new collection, Garden Sea, uh, called The Oyster Catcher's Loss, which you just heard there. But very first, if this is your new time listener, you're very welcome. And if you're a returning listener, as always, thank you so much for your continued support. If you have not done so already, please do follow me over on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Uh, my new poetry book, Garden Sea, is out now. It has been out nearly a week at the time of recording, and I've already sent it off uh, as close as all over the country, from the north to the south of Ireland. And I've also sent it now to Virginia, Pennsylvania, New Mexico, and Washington State in America, a few places in England as well. It's been fantastic sending them out and all over the world. It's been so gratifying. Thank you so, so much. For those who've already bought it, uh, please do. If you enjoy it or uh, anything else, just please do leave reviews for it on Amazon. Amazon is not, I need to treat, is not the total enemy. Uh, that's the place we get the Kindle version, but any reviews are incredibly appreciated there. But if any of you do want to uh, order the book, you can do so now either on the Kindle version on on Amazon, or you can order the physical copy from headstuff.org. The link is in the description below. Uh, we can post anywhere in the world. Uh, please do uh, check it out if you do so want to garden C and if you really do want to support the podcast you can do so over at headstuffpodcast.com where you can join the ever-growing community of fireside patrons where you get bonus access to bonus material not just for fireside but for all of the f- podcasts on the headstuff podcast network and there are new ones of those each and every month it has been nearly a whole year of headstuff plus and uh, the transition has been fantastic a big thank you to still to our most recent uh, subscribers over on headstuff plus which is matthew hill gretchen ingram june devaney Kristen peck michael fognan and ethan bartlett thank you so so much to you and to all of the patrons who've supported whether for a month or for the entire year since the transition over from patreon to headstuff plus of course, the Patreon is still open and still very much active, uh, so thank you to all of those who have stayed over there. Headstuff Plus is just where the focus is right now. As the bonus incentive for this month and as the end of the first year, I've sent a complimentary ebook of Garden Sea to each and every one of my patrons uh, that have been that have asked to avail of it, and I hope all of you have enjoyed it that have received it um, it's been my pleasure to send it out to you as a small token of my thanks for you supporting both me and this little podcast now into approaching its fourth year three whole years it's been a, what a fantastic journey it has been so far the story for this week or the poem for this week this is the fourth and final of my four four poems from the collection that are very steeped and rooted in folklore and mythology of Ireland and to explore the folklore surrounding the animals featured therein. Uh, we have had St. Kevin and the Angels and we talked about the Blackbird and the Eagle. We've had Fox and Bully talking about the Fox and the Wolf. Uh, and last week we had Chris Weaver talking about the Seal and about other sea folklore as well. 
But here we have probably the most unusual of all four. The other animals are all very, very popular within various folklores and mythologies around the world. But our two characters for this week, one of which you may not have heard of at all, and the other you've certainly heard of, but you probably don't have any kind feelings for. But it is probably uh, my favorite piece of folklore of the ones we've explored, and probably the one I took the most literally in its inspiration for the poem that you just heard, which was a ballad uh, called The Oyster Catcher's Loss. And we will chat a bit more about it, of course, afterwards. But this is the ta- this folklore of the seagull and the oyster catcher on Fireside. The Oyster Catcher's Loss Have you ever come across an oyster catcher? You can see them on the beaches with their dainty little red legs strafing water's edge, black and white bodies with long red beaks. Ironically, they don't often eat oysters, but they are very fond of other shellfish that they can pilfer from the coastlines. Despite being an aquatic bird found on the beach, the oyster catcher cannot swim. But there is a very famous story of a time where the oyster catcher could swim. Perhaps it was a time when he also actually ate oysters. It is a story of why the oyster catcher can't swim anymore. And it's all down to that peskiest of birds, the seagull. You'll definitely have come across a seagull. If you've walked the streets of Dublin in the past few years, you'll have seen the velociraptors we somehow still call seagulls skulking around the streets, tearing apart black bin sacks, terrorising tourists by snatching ice creams and sandwiches from their hands, and embarrassing locals as a city once known for Joyce, Behan and Beckett has been reduced to the feeding trough for six-foot seagulls. They are now creating their own folklore. A friend of your fireside bard once claimed that they witnessed a seagull swallow a pigeon whole. Dublin is their city now. Every time I go abroad to bigger cities more known for their wildlife, I am still astonished by the small size of seagulls. The appropriate size of seagulls. But I digress. For while the seagull has been the bane of city dwellers since they first moved inland, living in the cities and eating rubbish has severely reduced the seagull population due to botulism. And indeed, the seagull is not all hated, as they are severely respected by fishermen. Like seals, the folk belief was that seagulls were the returned souls of drowned fishermen remaining close to and helping out their former friends. If a fishing boat was out at sea and a seagull was pestering them, eating their bait, the fisherman would still not harm the seagull, for the seagull would show the fisherman exactly where to fish. Similarly, it was believed that a seagull going inland was a sign of a storm to come. In Ulster and Scotland, this was expressed in a rhyme. 
Seagull, seagull, sit on the sand. It's never good weather when you're on the land. As we watched the seagulls cackle, wail and bob in our rivers and oceans, it's hard to imagine. But once the seagull could not swim. And this, as you may have guessed, is where we return to the oyster catcher. There was a wedding in County Donegal near Tory Island and all of the birds who could swim were invited. The oyster catcher could swim, but was introverted and didn't want to go to the wedding. The seagull, on the other hand, was social and outgoing, but couldn't swim, and so wasn't invited. So the seagull went to the oyster catcher and said, May I borrow your webbed feet? Just for the day, you understand, especially if you don't want to go to the wedding. The oyster catcher replied, Okay, I will trade your spindly legs for my webbed ones, but you must return them after the wedding. The seagull could do one thing that the oyster catcher couldn't, which was to whistle. So the seagull said, How about if I give you my power to whistle for the day, just so you trust that I'll return? This sweetened the deal for the oyster catcher, and she agreed. The seagull took the oyster catcher's legs and paddled gleefully out to the wedding. He had such a good time, and suddenly enjoyed all of the pleasures of being a real aquatic bird. He enjoyed himself so much, he decided he wouldn't ever give the oyster catcher back her feet. And to this day, the oyster catcher still walks up, and down the coastlines crying out for her lost feet and the seagull still bobs and cackles in the water laughing at the oyster catcher's loss. The oyster catcher did hang on to the seagull's ability to whistle but it equates to a lonely cry for what she once had. A shanockle or old Irish saying rose around this tale. Isocht naroli Dunfuelon. Take that again. Isakt Naroli Dunfuelon. The oyster catcher's loan to a seagull. To mean a loan that is never repaid. So, neither a borrower, nor a lender, nor a seagull be. But the seagull is not the only one to laugh. For the seagull once made a bet with another aquatic bird about who would rise earliest in the morning. It was the duck who arose first and laughed at the seagull with its trademark, whack, whack, whack. So the duck laughs at the seagull as the seagull mocks the oyster catcher. But the oyster catcher is also believed to be blessed. For it is believed that when St. Bridget was on the run from the authorities for some heretically perceived crime, she came and collapsed on the beach and hid in a sand dune. The oyster catcher came along and pulled pieces of seaweed all over St. Bridget, and the future saint blessed the bird by placing a faint cross on their chest. In Ulster it was even believed that it was Jesus Christ himself who was fleeing from persecution and collapsed by the Sea of Galilee, and that it was he who was covered by the kind oyster catcher. The sign of that cross, whether from Bridget or Jesus or nature, is still born on the chest of the oyster catcher. 
Some know the bird as Gulla Brigia, or Bridget's Page, and it is said that its faint call translates to Be Glick, Be Glick, or Be Wise, Be Wise. <laughs> Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Tell me, are you still looking for something worth dying for? Oh, kid. I left all that behind me. These days, I'm much happier as the humble owner of this down-to-earth and incredibly exclusive nightclub. Mick turns his head away and stares pensively. Dancing hot sex man, adventure romance. He will kick several Nazis and get in your pants. Blackbird! Listen to the Bootsy Boys Blackbird on the Headstuff Podcast Network. And that is some of the folklore and the stories of the oyster catcher and the seagull on Fireside. Really, sh- like, brief but incredibly interesting stuff here, I think. Uh, I just wanted to add, because uh, a lot of this information came from Nal McClitor's incredible book on Ireland's birds, the companion to Ireland's trees and Ireland's animals, uh, which I've been drawing a lot from for these past few episodes. And uh, there's a notable fact section on the section on the oyster catcher that rather than include my own version of, I just loved how he worded it so much. So notable facts it has. The oyster catcher's shrill cries reach a crescendo in spring when they have a remarkable piping display during courtship. This involves several birds running around in a frenzied fashion with their heads and bills pointed down and their shoulders lifted, making a piping sound with their bills open. This can involve up to 12 birds and go on for several minutes. The oyster catcher is also noted for the great physical strength of its bill, which enables it to prise open a mussel shell or hammer limpets off a rock. Another interesting trait of the oyster catcher is that it feigns lameness to to decoy away those who approach its nest in a similar fashion to the lapwing. So that's incredible. Um, For a bird that you might as easily just walk past or wouldn't be as common to see, certainly not as the seagull, but I've always adored this story since hearing it of the seagull, which would be naturally perceived as such a maligned and hated bird at the best of times, especially in more contemporary times, especially if you're living in Ireland and seeing what we deal with in Dublin on a day-to-day basis with these bruisers walking around. It's, it's wonderful to imagine a time where the seagull couldn't swim and stole this possession of the poor oyster catcher, a bird with a name so aquatic and who lives exclusively on the beach, who cannot swim. And if you ever see them and just see them scurry, even look it up, if you've never come across one, uh, look, the, look up a video of them on YouTube and just see how they scurry up and go in with the tide and out with the tide. And I adored this. And the idea for this poem, The Oyster Catcher's Loss, I've always loved the ballad structure. It's always been my favorite of constructed forms because it's the storytelling form. It's as simple as that. Um, 
so flexible, so non-pretentious, you know, it's simple. It's viewed as as childlike or simple, which it is. It's it's the natural form as well. It's how it's how we think and as as children or like if if anyone has asked the idea of writing a poem, it is the ballad structure that they will naturally fall into. The one, two, three, four, one, two, three, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. So this poem is actually in the the longer ballad structure, which is six six lines, which goes uh, A B C B D B, and uh, that is a, a ballad sign that a structure that is used in the likes of the walrus and the carpenter. Uh, speaking of oysters, actually, and how this came about was I was in the poetry course I was studying at the Oxford School of Poetry. Uh, we did a a module on songs of the sea and the piece we were studying mainly was the rhyme of the ancient mariner the absolute masterpiece by samuel taylor coleridge um, in which a sea captain goes out to sea and kills an, an albatross and grave misfortune follows uh, falls upon the crew and the ancient mariner uh, for the crime of killing this innocent bird and he wears the bird around his neck and the whole tale is recounted uh, to a man at a wedding and it's this big long epic poem incredibly famous i'm sure many of you might know it but if you don't it's really worth checking it out but it's written in this in this ballad this ballad style and I had to write a sort of response to it. So I wanted to write this contemporary Dublin ancient mariner style kind of piece for that and for it to keep it a bit of crack and keep it fun. So I thought surely my albatross would be the seagull and writing a piece about the seagull then ended up me uh, incorporating the story of the oyster catcher. So I've set the piece on Duke Street, which is just in Dublin's uh, south side. And it's the very much the literary street of Dublin. It's where uh, Davy Burns pub is, which is one of the last pubs that features in Ulysses. It used to be the site of Burton's restaurant. Uh, an entire chapter of Ulysses is set on Duke Street. Also on Duke Street is the Bailey Bar. Uh, the owner of the Bailey Bar uh, was one of the people who celebrated the very first Bloomsday along with Flan O'Brien and Patrick Kavanagh. And it is in the Bailey Bar uh, that supposedly Patrick Kavanagh and Luke Kelly, the singer, met up. And whether it was Kelly asking for mis- permission or Kavanagh asking him to do this, but that is where it, would, it was agreed that Patrick Kavanagh's great poem, Raglan Road, would be set to music and that it would be sung by the great Luke Kelly, um, which is, I think it was voted Ireland's favourite uh, folk song, even though it isn't a folk song, it's a poem, that's a contemporary poem that was adapted to music. But there's a wonderful uh, fact about that, that uh, the tune, uh, the air that Raglan Road is sung to is an old Irish tune, uh, called Fáinne Gal on Lay, which means the dawning of the day, which is a phrase within Kavanagh's poem. So it seems like Fáinne Gal on Lay and Raglan Road were always fated to be matched together and paired together. And the adoration that that song so rightly has, it's 
I remember it's one of the it's probably one of the songs I've been singing the very longest I remember first reading it in school when I was 10 or 11 and singing it that year and I've always loved it since so the idea of the oyster catcher's loss was imagining this literary world now taken over by these seagulls these seagulls who represent this sense of gorging gluttony as they peck and tear away at bins and threaten to take over this city and the idea of uh, this poet this insecure uh, speaker in it with this seagull representing all of his in- insecurities of gorging and gluttony and so to finish off this piece I've gone into this because I realized I didn't go into some of the other poems as much because I suppose I don't know if it's really of interest this is a folktelling storytelling podcast Garden Sea has very much come from this podcast there would be none of the book without this um, but as this is very much a story song or story piece um, it seemed right it, it felt more right and more justified to to chat a bit more about it so I hope you have enjoyed that or it hasn't bored you too much to as always let me know send me messages either on instagram fireside bard or email me at the fireside bard at gmail.com um perhaps those of you who have the book at home who listen to the podcast you can read along uh with this one now as we reread it um but one more time this is the oyster catcher's loss isk 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 Fish, fish, fish. Kinnick, kinnick, kinnick. Keep it, keep it, keep it. Dimmy, dimmy, dimmy. It's gone, it's gone, it's gone. Lol inert, lol inert. Woe to you, woe to you. Irish folk translation for the call of seagulls. Ability borrowed and never returned, bereft feet strafe by line. I cackle Bob before inhaling the smoke over the nine. Flip and trip spread my span, fish rubbish from the brine. Off the middle merchant mayhem, Duke Grafton's paste-brick cobble, stained with quotes and burgundy of the adman's urban hobble. Blurred and bloated, look and hear the fear you saw before. Beady yellow, bright blue contact, wrapping Eccles gore. I flap as pages, balladeer, poet at the dawning of the day. From the docks I too ring bright the fornia gyal on lay. I share the moral threshold of the Lestragonian tab. I tear the gorgonzola entrails, the bloody flowing scab. Waddle across, attempt to penetrate tunes of taverns live, where the clerk came to sniff at mother's taxless oyster dive. Limping like the blind whose style you hide behind your seer, of city wind back neck and cry engorging with each year. I'm here to echo gluttonies, carnal, liquid, trough, as piggishly you comp, I peck at plastic sleeping rough. 
Jab City written on my jagged beak, dripping with excess. Veracity raptors webbed will shrink when your blame too is less. Only then will the loss return to the oyster catcher's nest. And with that, I will wrap things up, and I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed the tale of the oyster catcher's loss and a bit of the folklore of the oyster catcher and the seagull. Uh, please do continue to follow me over on Instagram at FarsideBard. Email me at thefarsidebard at gmail.com. Order Garden Sea now. It's available now on Kindle uh, via, the, via Amazon or directly on paperback from headstuff.org. Uh, both links are in the description below. Um Please do book tickets to Fireside Live. And said before, our live show, which is going to be on in February. And February 4th, Thursday, February 4th, anyone's going to be around Ireland and indeed Dublin. And uh, please do support me over on headstuffpodcast.com for, for as little as five euro a month, although you can pay more if you want. You gain access to all the bonus material and all that. All of the links are in the description below. Next week, we have our Fireside Christmas special. Uh, one of our last episodes of the year. And what a year it has been. A very tough a uh, very very difficult challenging year with many ups and downs and tribulations and misadventures but also great things great things that came from it and we are still here we are all soldiering on each and every one of us together <sighs> and with that i will see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember wherever you are and wherever you go you can always join me by the fireside this show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Headstuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com.